0: Hey fellow dads, thanks for joining me for episode 29 of the Treasure Box Books Podcast. We are already into week 1 of February 2024, and I'm not sure where the time is going, but it's going somewhere and fast. The episode you're about to hear was recorded way back in July last year, so when you hear me refer to activities we did earlier this year, That, of course, means early 2023, and the big activity you'll hear about, the event, if you will, is something I did with several of my children even before my wife and I knew we would be producing a podcast even before Treasure Box Books was in our sights. When I sat down to prepare this episode for publishing this week in early February, I realized that the show was really, really short, only about nine minutes long, and that actually works out well, because there's something that's been weighing on my heart and mind for the past several days that I want to share with you, and I actually want to ask you to get involved, to help with something. No, I'm not asking for a donation, but I am going to seriously ask you to give something else... That is actually even more vital and effective than a donation could ever be. And this is my request of you, that you and your family would fervently pray for someone who is very, very precious to me. Many of you have never met her, but even before I met my wife, this particular lady affected and directed my life more than any other person. And I'm speaking, of course, of my mom. To make a long story short, a few months ago, my mom began experiencing some pain and discomfort in her abdomen. And last Saturday, this is Tuesday, February 6th, a liver surgeon diagnosed her with angiosarcoma. It's a very rare and rapidly growing cancer inside her liver. It's inoperable at this point. The surgeon thinks that my mom has until this summer, and perhaps with some treatments, until Christmas to live. So my request to you is that you will, right now, wherever you are, pause this podcast and pray for my mom, for Mrs. Ching. Ask the Lord specifically to give all of us, especially my mom, His peace and his comfort and ask the Lord to give my parents and my wife and me wisdom and clear guidance as we pursue treatment options for my mom. And then sometime soon, would you as a dad gather your family together and pray for my mom and pray for my family and and even share this request with friends who you think will pray? In the past few days since my mom received this diagnosis, I have observed that she epitomizes what Psalm 23, verse 5 describes in the experience of a believer in the Lord God. My cup runneth over, and my mom's trust in the Lord, her joy in his salvation, the peace God has given her, truly do run over, and they are overflowing to bless many many others, even while she's facing the real possibility of having only a few months left to live, her cup truly does run over. We do have several reasons to hope that this diagnosis is not final and that uh, there is even reason to hope that mom will be healed and be well. One reason is that we are still awaiting certain test results, so the doctor giving the diagnosis didn't have complete information. Also, my mom might be a candidate for treatment at a world-class oncology center not far from family and friends in Texas. Also, my wife has been pursuing healthier options for our family's nutrition for several years, and that's been a great blessing to my family's physical and mental health. And she's helping my mom now to research and carry out whatever can be done for mom at home. Another reason that we have hope is that my mom has already been given opportunities to share a powerful Christian witness for the Lord Jesus Christ with people she would never ever have met otherwise. And she is rejoicing in these open doors that God is giving her. And she has said that maybe God has allowed all of this to happen just so that she can be that witness in these people's lives. And That right there is a tremendous testimony to me and a challenge to me to think uh, not about myself in troubles, but to think about how God may be getting glory through it. And finally, and most importantly, our God is the creator and the giver and the sustainer of, of our lives. He's also the God who hears the prayers of his redeemed people. In Psalm 65, verse 2, David called the Lord thou that hearest prayer. And scripture attests to this fact, and we've seen it time and time again, that God hears when we're in distress, and he does often rescue his children who call upon him in the day of trouble, Psalm 50 verse 15, in the day of trouble. And he does so for his glory. So please pray for healing for my mom, Mrs. Ching, And pray for God's guidance and mercy on all of our family. And pray that God will be glorified through this journey wherever He takes us. Thank you for being so patient with me as I've taken up a few minutes of your time to inform you about this personal matter. And please know that we appreciate your earnest and ongoing prayers immensely. If you'd like to let us know you're praying for us, please send me an email at my address, Nathan at Treasureboxbooks.com. All right. I know you listen to this podcast for encouragement and ideas for using the treasures in books to build your family. So let's get into the shortest episode we've recorded, perhaps episode 29 Care for Multiple Generations in Your Family. Through wisdom <laughs> is a house builded, and by understanding, it is established and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey, and let's go find the treasures in books. My family and I were just about finished eating our lunch today when I mentioned an experience I had nine and a half years ago while I was visiting a foreign country. The name of the country came up in our lunchtime conversation. And I told them, I'd love to visit Papua New Guinea again, as long as no one throws rocks through the windows or waves machetes around. My fourth-born son, sitting across from me, he's 10 years old, he said, They threw rocks through the windows? And my six-year-old, seated next to me, said, Why were they waving machetes? Well, my 10-year-old was just a baby at the time, and my six-year-old wasn't even born yet. And I said to my wife, they haven't heard this story, and my wife made a profound statement. It's easy to assume that because you've told some of the children something, that they all know about it. And the reality of this truth struck me, kind of like a rock coming through a shattered glass window in p g Within one family, there can be, to varying degrees, more than one generation of children. For example... My first three sons have been to Yellowstone, the Badlands, and Grand Teton National Parks. My daughter and the other boys have not been to those places yet. And so for traveling to those places, it's almost like there are two sets of children within one family. About six years ago, I took my three oldest sons to Grand Canyon, and we did a little hiking there. But again, my daughter and the other sons didn't have the opportunity to go. Well, early this year, the Lord gave us an opportunity to visit again. And this time, the first five children were able to go along and experience the wonder of the Grand Canyon. We even hiked over a mile in the canyon. Uh, In places, there was a foot or two of snow. While we were there this year, my mother-in-law and sister and brother-in-law kept the three younger of this set of five at the South Rim. And the two older sons and I hiked down into the canyon, past the Colorado River, over to Phantom Ranch. We started shortly after 7 a.m. It was about 18 degrees Fahrenheit. We hiked 20 miles, and we topped out of the canyon shortly after 10 p.m. It was the experience of a lifetime, both for me and the two teenaged boys. But again, because only two of them went and the others didn't go, It's almost like there are two generations within this family. Two of the boys have been down there and back out, and the rest have yet to go that far. Now, I look forward to the day when, if the Lord gives that opportunity, I'll get to take my younger children there, and we will hike into the canyon again. This time, though, we will take several days, not just one, (laughs) and we'll enjoy the canyon together. And we'll make sure that all the various groups or generations of children within my family get to experience that. This little story illustrates how there can be practically more than one generation within a family unit. Now, of course, by generation, I simply mean an age grouping in which each age group may have a different set of shared experiences from the other groups. And this reality applies to how we read with our children. Have I read The Lamb by John Cross to our children? Yes and no, because the older ones have heard it, but I haven't finished reading it to all of the younger ones. Have they all heard missionary stories with the Millers? Well, some of them have, and some have not. Have we all enjoyed If Animals Could Talk? Well, most of my children have heard it, but again, not all of them. This is where a few simple ideas can help us dads keep track of who has heard what or who has read what in our families. Keep a reading list. At the beginning of each year, make your reading goals for the coming year. Include a list of each of your family members and your reading goals for or with them. To make this easy to edit as life happens, meaning when changes take place, keep the list on your computer or on your phone or on your tablet and make changes as needed whenever you add books or remove books or finish reading a book. At the end of the year, print out a hard copy, and that way you can keep a record of what you and your family have accomplished together. And you can see when the time comes around to read some of those other books again with the younger set of children, you'll know what you've done. By the way, if you'd like more ideas for making your reading list, go back and check out episode four of this podcast, Build, Maintain, and Use a Reading List. Also, if you own a book, not a library book, not a book borrowed from a friend, if you own a book, why not, on the last page, jot down the date and place that you completed the book. That way, several years down the road, when you're wondering which of your children has already heard the book, you'll be able to easily check and figure out how old they were when you read it. Just recently, I finished reading The Cruelest Miles by the Salisbury Cousins, a few of my children seemed to be engrossed by the story. A couple of them seemed to somewhat enjoy it. And two or three of them probably got some fragments or were happy to color to the drone of Daddy's voice in the background. Now, that was a great story. And I might read it again in 10 years for the second set of kids or the third set of kids when everyone, that is all the younger ones anyway, can enjoy the storyline, and the incredible details. The same holds true for books I've read with individual children. With my oldest son, I'm reading a book about driving. Yes, he's at that age now, and I expect I'll need to read that same book again with each of his eight siblings in the coming years. On a deeper and much more important level, have I encouraged each of my children to read through their own copy of the Bible themselves? At least one of my children has completed that great project, but that doesn't mean every one of my children has already done that. It's my responsibility as their dad to encourage each of them who can read to regularly read his or her Bible and think of some good fitting reward when they have. Reward the good work. If we dads have any powers of observation at all, we know from seeing what our wives do in and for our homes that a mother's work is never done. It's true. It might not seem as dramatic as that, but when it comes to reading with and reading to and encouraging our children to read, our work as dads is never done. At least, not until they leave our nest and fly out to build one of their own. Then, we hope and pray, they will carry on the grand tradition we have begun under our roof, reading to and with our children. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, Maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode, too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter, to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is Nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books.